Christian Harris smashing down Wilson. Complete. John Mechie. Touchdown. And welcome to another episode of the Turn Up For What podcast, talking your Houston Texans straight from the Great British Isles. As we delve into this draft class a little more, we've got to go back to the double Bama take in the second and third round this year. And I'm delighted to be joined by Dave from the Alabama Football Podcast. Dave, how you doing? And I am doing great. Uh, it's nice to get to talk a little football uh, in the offseason, and I appreciate you guys having me on. No, I appreciate it. Um, how was last year? Um, not quite there um, in terms of the, the pinnacle of college football, but a program that's always there, thereabouts, and managed to do that despite Bill O'Brien. <laughs> you got me on that one. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think O'Brien did uh, did uh, pretty well his first year at Alabama. I'm glad he came back. Uh, you know, for a second year, there's a little bit I think of uh, he had, he was wearing so many hats at, at Houston, and I you know from my money and and curious what what you guys may think uh, from my money. I thought he had, he had some success. Uh, Houston maybe wore out his welcome and maybe stretched too thin wearing too many hats. I think uh, when he got back to college and just focused. And he didn't have to run a program. He didn't have to, you know, he just had to run an offense. And uh, it seems like he got back to his his roots and uh, had a, uh, uh, you know, had a good season. I think the season overall uh, for Alabama, you know, and no one has sympathy for Alabama, and I understand that. Uh, it was a little bit of up and down. Uh, you know, there were parts of the season I thought we would uh, – uh, achieve what we did or better. And there was parts of the season where I thought we were a three loss team and uh, to get where we did uh, in that moment with the lead 11 minutes in the fourth quarter, you think anything's possible. Uh, it slipped away from us. And um, I think there's a, I think there was a time frame in October uh, where I would have signed up for that. But, uh, but that night it was disappointing, of course. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think abundance of talent there um, on that roster as always. Um there's a lot of parallels between the the BAM program, New England, Nick Casario being here. Um, what do you what do you say that or what, how would you describe how Saban looks for players and what sort of typifies the the Bama prospect of which there are many in the league? Yeah, there are so many in the league. Uh, it used to be, you know, which team is going to be our favorite team because they have an Alabama player, and now there's so many sort of a, uh, across the league. You know, Saban, he, he, he's amazing on so many levels. And, and, again, you know, people are tired maybe of the Alabama story, but, uh, you know, he has a profile of what he's looking for at every position, and it's a little bit of a height and weight uh, situation. He knows what, uh, uh, what recruits he's looking for at what position, what he needs uh, to, to run his schemes. It's evolved over the time, uh, you know, that he's been at Alabama 14 years now. Uh, it's it's certainly evolved as the game has evolved. But uh, he's he's looking for uh, he's sort of got predefined uh, criteria. And, and and, you know, a lot of those guys are five stars, but some of them are three stars and they come in and they're just as uh, successful as, as some of the other. And he does not leave any stone unturned. Uh, seemingly so in, in terms of uh, bringing in that talent and, and uh, you know, a couple of guys we're going to talk about tonight, uh, I think, uh, I think fit that profile, but he's looking for not just talent, but guys that are willing to come in and, and do the work and set their ego aside and, uh, and, and commit to something that's larger to, to themselves. And uh, again, I think the Texans got a pair of uh, sweethearts in that regard. Yeah. So let's start off with John Mechie the third. 
interesting background um, from what I've watched so far. Dave is hell of a release at the line of scrimmage. Um, hops, skips, jumps, gets people guessing, waits for the corner to guess the wrong way and cuts. Um, not like a not like an overwhelming athlete by any stretch of the imagination, but there's just something very crafty, very nuanced, and very intentional about the way he goes and runs routes. Now, obviously, going to clear up the drops and what have you, um, but you know from. Well, first of all, do you, do you agree with that assessment? What do you oh, think? Oh, you nailed John? it. You yeah. absolutely, you nailed it. Uh, Mechie's a, uh, he's a tactician. And, uh, and you know, I, I wrote down a, a couple of things just in, in, in my notes. And, and the three sort of characteristics I put around Mechie are tactician. He's not afraid of competition. And uh, he seemingly has uh, no ego. And uh, that's certainly what we experienced at Alabama. But, uh, but yeah, this guy uh, is, is a player. I can unpack any of that that you want to, but uh, I don't want to take away from, uh, from your questions. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Go for it. I think it's, um, what, would you, what, would you, what would you say Mechie's role is? Because I know he's played on the outside. You know, he's, a lot of his bigger plays come from the slot. But what, what sort of role do you can envisage for John at the next level? You know, I think, uh, I, I think, uh, I call him Mitch, right? I think Mitch is going to be, uh, I think he's a slot receiver. I don't think, and this, this was kind of, the dude's not afraid of, of competition. When he came, when he came to Alabama, uh, he joined a roster that had, uh, you know, Smitty and Ruggs and uh, Judy and Waddle. And so he said, Hey, I want to go to that team. And so the guy's not afraid of competition. He's willing to, you know, step in. He's willing to set his ego uh, aside and uh, just incredible characteristics. By his sophomore year, uh, his freshman year, he played in every game. His sophomore year, he was emerging as, as a game breaker, even amongst uh, some of those players uh, still being around. And when we got to his, what was his junior year, his last season at Alabama, those names had all left. And so the biggest not knock, but the biggest question mark I had going into last season is, can he be a number one receiver? He's played all of this time getting the second cornerback, maybe getting the third cornerback, maybe getting a, a, a safety. And how can he compete as a number one wide receiver? And then here comes, you know, Jamison Williams into Alabama. And so we really had two, you know, two number ones. And see, he was still getting that second corner. I still think that's a fair question, but I think it's it's almost an inspired pick that uh, that the Texans have to bring in him to bring him in as a number two, you know, besides uh, beside Cooks, you know, I, I and I had to look up some numbers so I'd know this, but you know, Cooks had ninety catches and the next receiver had thirty receive, uh, receptions, and and it's almost like here's where John Mechie fits, just right in the middle of that. And so if he comes in and has you know 50, 55, 60 catches, I'm not going to be surprised at all. And it's not that he can't be a number one. Um, you know, the Auburn game last season when uh, JMO went out uh, with penalty and was out the whole second half, he just absolutely took over that game. Mechie did. He had 13 catches, 150 yards, and, and on that the drive that you know Alabama sort of came back to score the touchdown to tie it. You know, critical third down after critical third down, he was catching the ball, and it was just apropos that he had the touchdown. Uh, or X two point conversion, whatever it was now, uh, you know, to, to win that game, his ability, you talked about some, you know, coming off the line of scrimmage, the way he sets up receivers. Um, I think he is an uber talented second receiver and coming out of the slot. I think he has the potential. Uh, he's got to get healthy. We've got to figure all that stuff out, 
But uh, I think he's an inspired pick to, you know, picking a player that that is is potentially plug and play with what's already on the ground there uh, in Houston. Yeah, and do you see him like as an already refined guy? Um, and, and if so, do you think that limits his ceiling, or do you think is there's more more to be had there because he's pretty polished for a guy, you know, so with with such experience, you know. Yeah, it's a great question, and uh, you know, with the with a step up in talent at, at the NFL, uh, I mean, he put up really good numbers last year. Um, you know, ninety six catches, you know, eleven hundred yards, eight eight touchdowns. Um, if he never hits those totals again uh, in in the NFL, he can still have a really long career uh, and be really really productive over his career. Do I think he's a number one receiver? I don't. Uh, I think he's a I think he's a solid number two. Uh, but you know the way the NFL is going, everyone needs two and three and sometimes four uh, high caliber wide receivers. And so what we might call a quality number two receiver today, uh, you know, years ago might've been something different. I think he's going to find, uh, I, I think he's got the, the talent, the skill set uh, to really find a home. I think at the number two receiver, but again, as much as the game is opening up and depending on rosters, uh, I think he would be uh, a talented number three receiver. Uh, I, I don't know that he sort of breaks into that number one being real candid with you, but uh, I think with the, with the way the NFL is going today, Drawing that second corner, maybe that slot corner, um, I, I think I think he can be very very productive uh, at the next level. And it's been kind of talked about, and I suppose it kind of sometimes overshadows. But he's lived in a number of different countries. Um, he's had an enlarged heart and, and stuff. He's had a kind of he's obviously got the injury just now. Um, knowing that or the type of guy that you've you, you've grown to know over the last number of years, uh, what's the character like, and do you think there's enough mental uh, steel there and, and to come back from this injury and uh, and be just as good as he was before athletically? I think so. I mean, there's the medical piece of it. You you know you almost never know, but you know where medical technology is today. Uh, man, players are coming back faster. The fact that they're even saying that he could potentially be ready for the season uh, is, you know, I'm old enough for that to be amazing to me. <laughs> uh, and uh, um, I think that I think he I think he will come back. I think his mindset and his, his persona, <clears throat> I think he's going to do really, really well. I mean, he knew that, you know, the competition that he was coming up against coming to Alabama, there was something more than he wanted, uh, something more he wanted out of the experience than just to be a day one starter. And, and I think that shows in his game uh, that he learned from the players ahead of him. You talk about his release and, and the options that he has coming off the, the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I call him a tactician. I think he learned that and uh, he's now ready to turn that over, uh, you know, to the next level. I don't think he's going to, you know, he, he, he's, he's subverted his ego. Uh, like you said, he's, he's from multiple places. Uh, he was born in Taiwan. He lived in Canada. Uh, for for quite a number of years, uh, you guys may actually, you know, uh, he was drafted right by uh, British Columbia, right? And so there's a little bit of uh, jokingly, I might say, a little bit of competition for a signature. But I thought that was, oh, uh, it was a good touch uh, them them bringing him in, you know, during COVID, uh, and everyone sort of has a COVID story, but uh, uh, you know, because he he was coming down, uh, he, there's just so much family uh, in Canada that uh, it was over a year that that he didn't get to see his family, other than you know just Zoom calls. And um, and you think of, you know, you think of young men in college uh, that can be tough. That can be hard. And uh, he just grinded it out and played his best football, uh, you know, through uh, through some of that. I think the guy's got, uh, you know, no pun on 
you know, some of the, his medical conditions, but the dude has a huge heart and, uh, and can play. Um, I think uh, I, I, he's one of the guys you can plug and play and not really have to worry about, but he's going to contribute and uh, over time grow into, uh, you know, hopefully a fan favorite. That's certainly what I'm rooting for him uh, there in Houston. Yeah. And it might, is it a play or a moment or an interview or anything? What would be your kind of defining moment of John Mechie that you'd say sort of encapsulates the player, the, the man, et cetera? I tell you, you know, he has been played, you know, at times with drops. I don't, I, he, he wear, you know, he wears that, but he's, he's so much more uh, than that. The, a couple of, there's always a lot of plays early, early on when he was playing and he, and he just emerged from nowhere catching these long touchdowns. And again, some of that was coverage because there were other receivers uh, in play and, and no one knew who, you know, John Mechie was. Uh, but later in his career, I think, I think a sort of a defining moment and, and it's one of those moments that, you know, and I say this on, on our show that there's sometimes there's moments in a game that get lost to history. And, uh, and sometimes those are the moments that sort of define, you know, what really happened. And, uh, and so I'll look at the, uh, the Auburn game where Alabama by all rights should have lost that game. Thank God we didn't. And, um, uh, you know, we were back uh, just over a minute, whatever it was on the three yard line and, and had 97 yards to go to try to even just tie the game to 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 get it to overtime. And everyone's going to remember uh, Ja'Cory Brooks's touchdown in the end zone, phenomenal catch, true freshman, uh, all the poise of of Bryce Young. Everyone's going to remember all those things, and they absolutely should. Uh, but that first uh, that first possession or that that first series on on that possession, Alabama got to third down and uh, critical third down, backed up to the backed up to the goal line. And uh, the coaches called uh, Mechie's number and he called uh, just a nice little, uh, a little in route, uh, got the first down and everything seemed to exhale, seemed to settle down. Uh, there's moments sometimes where all we need is a first down, just get us the first down and we'll figure it out from there. And, uh, uh, and, and we went to Mechie, he made that play, shorthanded, caught it with his hands, got the first down. And it was like the whole offense sort of exhaled and then they went on to do what they did. And uh, one of those moments sort of lost in time. Uh, but that, I think, for me, is a defining moment for, um, moment for John Mechie. Yeah, it's an underrated skill set. I think something that we've missed probably since the you know the trade of DeAndre Hopkins of a guy who consistently moved the chains, you know, can do the dirty work inside. It's not going to make the highlights on ESPN, but it yeah, it can certainly you know define drives and define key points in games. So yeah, I, if Mechie can play that role this year, then it will be a great addition. He can be dangerous getting over the top too. And so if, if they're like, oh, we're going to cover him up close, he's a, he can burn him over top. He's You guys are going to love him, I think. I really yeah, do. and I think that's true. And do, the, do, do, you, do you see his sort of functional long speed being a weapon just as much as he's route running? More is route running. I mean, he's he, I think he's fast. He's not as fast as some of the other guys, uh, you know, that we've talked about. And, uh, it, it, you know, does he have top-end NFL speed? I wouldn't say that. Uh, he's got really good college speed. And uh, and I, th- I think his route raking, uh, route running, uh, makes him a little faster because he's able to he's able to get that extra separation that makes him a little faster maybe than he is. But I think he's going to be effective. 
Yeah, that's a plain speed versus running 40. Exactly, uh, yeah. And shorts exactly. and t-shirts, all yep. very different, isn't it? Yeah, so on a functional plane speed, yeah. Well, hopefully he can be doing that inside for us this year. Obviously, and, I, and you've got to hope the injuries, etc., left them somewhat overlooked in the later stages of the process and maybe gave some teams concerns. And you know, the Texans uh, traded up to number 44 to get him, gave up significant capital to go and do that. So let's see if Nick Casario's faith is well placed. Now, the second pick in the third round, uh, which we traded up to get from 80 to 75 was Christian Harris. Now, what was your thoughts, Dave, in terms of Christian going into this process? Where did you kind of expect him to land? I thought he might go late first. Uh, I, I think he is that. I think he has that kind of uh, that kind of talent. I don't specifically know why he didn't go uh, that early, but uh, to get him in the in in the third round. To, I that's a flat bargain, and I look. I'm biased to the Alabama guys, but I would tell you if I didn't like a guy, I would tell you that. Uh, and we do that on on our show. Um, I, I think he was a bargain. Uh, I think he is a bargain at the at the um, at the third round. I thought I, I thought 100. Like I would have bet money that he's going to go in the second round, but I thought there was a chance he he might leak into that that uh, uh, that late first round. What do they say? There's you know there's you know Jim say there's like 15 legit legit first round dudes and then everyone else like is a second round you know grade and is and then it's just you're just picking what your need is and sort of what your flavor of player uh is and i thought there was an absolute absolute opportunity sort of in that context uh that christian harris might be picked up you know late first and, and he fell to third and uh I, I think you guys are gonna love him i think uh i think he's a he's another uh another bargain player at, at, at the pick that he was chosen and linebackers i suppose aren't always necessarily seen. Um, they're not going to make a lot of the highlights. You know, people are you're going to have to go and dig deep into the tape or the, the extended game broadcast to, to see a lot of the work they do. Um, could you just talk a little bit about Christian's role within that Bama defense? Yeah, Christian is a <clears throat> is just a hyper-talented, hyper-athletic middle linebacker. Um, you know, everyone does, you know, different stuff in high school and sort of as, as they progress – uh, their game sort of defined itself uh, better, but uh, he played, he played, you know, some, some defensive back uh, primarily safety, but he played some defensive back uh, at a high school and uh, uh, you know, coming into Alabama, his freshman season, we had uh, uh, two linebackers go down with injury. So he and another freshman were forced into, into starting roles and they both look lost uh, at, uh, at times uh, during that, during that, so it was a 2019 season. Uh, there are times they both look lost, but they both progressed over the season. But Christian Harris of the two, you could tell this guy is going to be a star. Uh, and uh, the other linebacker, Shane Lee, uh, never really found his footing uh, after sort of being first in, uh, forced into that action. He is uh, subsequently transferred to, to USC. But Christian Harris, uh, three-year starter, uh, which doesn't happen a whole lot, uh, it, you know, anywhere. But uh, you know, under uh, saving Alabama, doesn't happen uh, very often at all. Three-year starter uh, at that middle linebacker spot, put up consistently good numbers, uh, incredible speed for the middle linebacker spot, and I think he could play uh, some on the outside. A couple times in coverage, he he kind of got out of sorts, but he played coverage pretty well. Uh, also. I view him more as, as sort of in the box forward uh, linebacker, really good on blitzes, delayed blitzes, can really get after uh, the quarterback as physical in that regard. 
and uh, he, he fills up the uh, the stat sheet. Uh, this last uh, last season, he was number five in tackles, uh, number three in sacks, and, and sort of tied for third in, in pass deflection. So very active uh, and, and instinctive. Uh, again, I think a, another really good player, uh, sort of with the, the evolving NFL, you want a lot of speed at, their, at your linebacker uh, position. I think he could play inside, outside, and uh, he has sideline speed uh, from that middle linebacker spot for sure. Yeah, it's interesting because I, when you saw the Lovey Smith reaction uh, when he was drafted, I said straight away, I think Lovey sees him as a Mike in a 43 defense. Um, a lot of people have kind of said, well, I'll probably see him as a Willie's convert safety, kind of pigeonholed him in that. As the game is, you know, is progressing at the, the pros, similar to the college uh, defense, you're going to be nickel 70% of the time. Do, can you see Christian carving a role out at the Mike spot um, like he did, you know, for predominantly a lot of the stuff he did at Bama? Yeah, I think he can. You know, he was a three-year starter at the at at an inside linebacker position at at Alabama, and um, um, you know, SEC caliber play. You know, if you can do that year over year over year and get better and progress uh, as you go, that's about as good of a resume as you can get. Uh, you know, can he do it at the NFL? He'll have to prove it. Uh, but he's he's gotten to he's gotten as close to proving it not in the NFL as I think it's conceivable that uh that you could do um and you know every year he's got competition for his job and uh and and certainly I think the SEC is a is is a tough conference to play in so uh I think that I again I think he could play probably any of the linebacker positions probably going to be most at home in the middle and uh and I think his athleticism you think of um you know bigger, more sturdy, maybe less athletic middle linebackers. I think he brings athleticism from the outside to the inside. And I think he's, uh, I, I think he's going to have a lot of, a lot of opportunity uh, to, to do well at the next level. Yeah. And Christian was a guy that they chose to put out in front of the media, came across pretty well, reasonably polished. Um, he made a quite an interesting call. He said, "But how did this prepare you?" And he he said, "Well, you know, I was at Bama, so and I, I get it, sort of thing." Um, what's Christian like as a guy, and what can uh, Texans fans kind of expect from him as a guy, but also kind of very much he's, he came across as a leader. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think uh, you know one one of the things, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, people get in the NFL. Uh, they make their money and and then maybe they do things that are sort of have been sort of off script. And Alabama's had some of those guys, too. Uh, probably every program has does. Uh, but if you look at what they have been and you project that to, to what they are, they're not sort of boom, boom, rah, rah guys. They're not ego guys that have to that have to be front and center, but they're both capable of it. Uh, they both, you know, to come in and, and sort of make a comment that, hey, I'm kind of prepared for this based on on where I'm from. And there's a little bit of that's that sounds uh, egotistical, but he also knows how much work he's put in. And, you know, Saban doesn't just roll out the ball with guys that can play. He whips them into shape and uh, and, and to, to, to maintain that the starting role, uh, you know, through the years and to have the success that he's done uh, to stay out of trouble. He hasn't really, you know, both of the guys, uh, I've never really gotten into trouble uh, at Alabama. Sometimes that's an indicator. Uh, they have just put their heads down and gone to work and whoever else is around them, neither of them have been, you know, the star at their position or the star on their side of the ball. 
uh, but they have both emerged as stars uh, on their side of the ball. And um, I think, I, you know, the Texans, or had they gone anywhere else, I would say these guys are equipped to perform well at the NFL uh, from the headspace uh, standpoint, uh, their football preparation, their physical preparations, uh, and just the mentality and attitude that they carry into it. I, I, think, uh, I think both of them are going to do well. Yeah, and there, and there is some flashy plays from Christian. Is but is there a game or, uh, or or a series of games or 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 any kind of standout moment that you think typifies Christian's game? Yeah, I think uh, you know I I think of a, a may you know maybe a couple of different plays. Uh, you know there was a play against I want to say it was A and M and it wasn't twenty twenty one it was twenty. Uh, he was out in coverage. And he got beat, and uh, and he's sort of a last desperate ball, you know, to try to jump up and bat the ball. And he was completely out of sorts, completely out of shape, looked terrible. Uh, I sort of gave him down the road uh, on our podcast. And later that season, next season, whatever it was, it was almost the exact same play. It was a wheel route out of, out of the backfield, and, and he was beat. And I kept saying on my podcast, he didn't need to jump. He didn't need to try to look like he was making a play. He just wanted, He just needed to turn charge and, 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 you know, and bat the ball. And he didn't the first time, the second time he did, he did, it It was almost the same play. It was a wheel route. The, the running back got ahead of him and, and rather than sort of flail, he put his head down and ran and ended up making a, a, a play on the ball. And so just that growth, that evolution in my mind, um, you know, stand out. Uh, and then another play, and I know you asked for one, but I've got all these plays for these yeah. guys. Uh, another one that just really stands out, and, and it's probably another play that sort of gets lost to history. Uh, but in the uh, 2020 season, um, you know, Alabama's playing Florida in the SEC championship game. And Florida's given Alabama everything that, you know, everything that they want, more than they want. And uh, Florida has the, has the game with just uh, seconds left. And every Alabama fan is just a little bit nervous. Like, we think we got this, but, man, the way we've been playing and the way Florida's playing, uh, we just don't know. And to end the game, uh, um, you know, Christian Harris blitzed and, uh, and, and helped sack the quarterback and just effectively ending the game. And so just a big play in a critical moment that gets lost to time because, you know, Alabama went on to win the title. And people remember it as sort of, uh, uh, you know, they steamrolled the, the full season. But, gosh, we almost lost to Florida. And, uh, you know, that, you know, a play like that, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it won the game for us, it saved the season for us. But, boy, that was a critical uh, play that he made right there under pressure. Uh, right at the end of the game, and uh, he rose to the occasion. So he's a player that doesn't seek out the limelight necessarily, but he's not afraid to step into it in a moment of need. Yeah, and I think I mean we've got these young guys coming in, but you know there's a likelihood that the Texans, with two first round picks coming up this year, um, will be picking um, near enough the top of the order, or certainly have a chance to find more quality players. There's obviously a clear lineage there with the Bama program. You got two potential first overall or top five guys at a minimum anyway. So I'll ask you firstly about the quarterback. Bryce Young, not the prototypical size, but do you think he's got everything in his locker to to be an NFL caliber quarterback? And obviously when coming off the Heisman, um, is he is he there? Is he is he is he got a quarterback of the future? Um not necessarily measurables, but is the pedigree and the talent all there? I think so. Uh, I, I do. And, you know, when I look at <clears throat> in, in, in it's just an incredible time to be an Alabama fan, I guess. But 
you know, you look at Tua in the league and and, and Jalen, and I know we went to Oklahoma, but, you know, he came up through Alabama and, and Mac Jones. And, and there were times I didn't think either of the, you know, any of them really had, 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 a, had a chance. And, and Jalen just, I'm sometimes really just surprised. Uh, Mac Jones over the evolution of his, his time at Alabama, never would have guessed that he would have even started games uh, to consider, you know, where he is now. And so I don't know if that makes me perfectly qualified or perfectly unqualified to answer the question, but uh, I, I think Bryce, uh, he, he brings some of the best of, of each of those uh, players. Uh, he's not afraid to stand in there and, and, and take a hit. He can run, uh, although he doesn't seek to run. And, uh, and, and his ability to sort of throw off platform or on platform, uh, sometimes he'll make a play and I'll say, gosh, that looked like uh, Mac Jones. Sometimes he'll make a play and I'll say, gosh, that looked like Kyler Murray. Uh, sometimes he'll make a play and I'll say that, you know, that, that looked like uh, someone else. Uh, he, he personally patterns his game after uh, uh, Russell Wilson. And, and, and sometimes you kind of see that uh, emerge. He's certainly not a tall quarterback. He's a, he's a uh, shorter but, uh, you know, you get the reps behind a, a tall offensive line in college and and uh, maybe the height sort of sort of levels out. I think he has an opportunity uh, to, to be successful at the next level. I'm looking for him to have one more really good year at Alabama, uh, but I think he's going to be in the running. And the quarterback is a position is is highly valued, sometimes on the cusp of, of overly valued. And so if he puts up numbers um, similar to what he did last year, he will by default, uh, be an early round, uh, an early pick, um, just by nature of the position. Yeah. And obviously you've got a highly touted, um, and really fun to watch and just a stat machine in Will Anderson, 18 sacks, 30 odd TFLs last year, just unrivaled numbers for college production. Um, do you, how do you see that? Well, first of all, do you see that being applicable in a four-man front um, at the next level, or is he more an outside linebacker? And what do you think the kind of projection for him is? Oh, they'll find a they'll find a role for for <laughs> Will Anderson. I, you know, they've got these uh, they've got these you know sort of these uh, uh, in the, in some of these fancy malls. They've got these build a bear workshops, so you can build your own custom teddy bear. If they had a build a linebacker workshop you be coming out with a Will Anderson. He is, he is just that put together, uh, that talented, that ferocious. Um, there were times, uh, and, and look, this was a theme of our podcast last season. Uh, you know, we talk about the offense, we flip over and we talk about the defense and we'd always sort of lead with, uh, with Will Anderson and week after week after week, it became, it became just the same, uh, you know, the same conversation every week. It, you know, you'd look at his numbers and you'd say, I thought he had a better game than that. And and it might be, you know, eight tackle, uh, you know, eight tackles, two sacks, uh, three quarterback hurries. And you'd look at that and you'd say, oh, I thought he had a better game than that. Uh, and, and, and that's an impressive stat line. But the way that he was impacting the game uh, when either like literally he was making the play. Uh, or he was disrupting. Uh, Saban says affect the quarterback. It doesn't have to be a sack. It doesn't have to be a play. But if you affect the quarterback, uh, then then you contributed. And that's not a stat. There's no metric for that necessarily. Uh, but gosh, if you could put a number on that, uh, he so affected the quarterback last year. Uh, Alabama, due to injury at the other linebacker spot, uh, Alabama had three different players at the uh, outside linebacker spot uh, on the other side. And, uh, and the third guy, the third guy at the other uh, linebacker spot, 
uh, Dallas Turner. Now, I think he's going to be uh, an athlete in his own right, but he had multiple two sack games uh, down the stretch, the, the end of the season and, and equal parts that's Dallas Turner's talent. Uh, but it's also, we've got to block Will Anderson. We'll figure out the freshman on the other side. And, uh, and so they were drawing protection uh, to Will, which allowed uh, uh, Dallas Turner to make plays. So Will Anderson's a, is a guy, uh, boy, he'll go early next year uh, because he has the ability to impact games even when he doesn't, uh, even when he isn't the one bringing the ball carrier to the ground. Yeah, and would you? I think it's probably a, a straightforward question, but would you rank? <laughs> would you rank him above Ian Hutchinson, Draven Walker, Kevin Thibodeau? Do you think he's a tier above that? Certainly, his production suggests that. Does does the talent tape suggest that too? You think? I, I think it does. Uh, I think it does, uh, and that's that's sort of a bitter question for uh, you know some Alabama fans uh, with uh, the awards that. And look, I'm not mad at, at, at Aiden Hutchinson uh, so much. I've watched some games with him, and he looked he looked very very impressive. Uh, did he look Will Anderson to me? No, he did not. And I'm not just saying that as an Alabama guy. I just you know I've, you know watched him play, but but he's very very talented. Hutchinson uh, Hutchinson is, uh, but. That night, you know, when, uh, you know, he was winning awards and he went to Buckus or something, and uh, and then he was on stage at the Heisman. And I thought, boy, there's a better outside linebacker. <laughs> there's a better outside linebacker slash defensive end uh, in this country than that one. And that's not taking any way from anything away from Aiden, even though it probably sounded like it does. Yeah, no, absolutely. Is there any other guys that you're your personal favorites or people or can't miss names that aren't, aren't maybe quite top, top three picks, but that uh, Texas fan might want to keep an eye on maybe later first round or what have you that uh, you expect to declare for the 23 draft? You know, I think, uh, I think there's some, I, I think uh, Alabama is going to pr- be pretty deep at the, uh, at the safety and, uh, and, and corner positions, primarily the safety uh, positions. And, uh, and I think there's going to be some interesting guys uh, to watch there. Uh, John Battle, uh, came back and uh, Jordan Battle came back and he's going to be a, a fourth year starter, uh, which is really unheard of. Uh, and he's really a leader uh, on the defensive side. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, someone to watch. Uh, DeMarco Hellams is sort of platooned at uh, more of a strong safety position. He's one of the first off, uh, first off the bus type guys. He is really put together really, really big. Uh, for a safety and probably needs to get a, a couple. I, you know, there is not a single game where he doesn't make a big play. Uh, and then there's almost not a single game where he doesn't make a little bit maybe of a bonehead play. And so you kind of, you know, I think we platoon them to sort of play the odds. Uh, at least that's my theory. And so I think some of that will coach out of his game. Uh, he is hyper athletic, uh, super talented, big for his position. And uh, I think he's someone to watch for. And man, if I can give you two more, just absolutely playmakers. And they play sort of slot corners. Uh, but Malachi Moore and uh, uh, and and uh, uh, and Brandon Brooks. Um, wow, those are going to be two. Uh, they're already emerging as is is uh, super talented guys. And uh, and and it's Brandon Branch. Uh, and if they come on and uh, and do this next year. Uh, sort of the 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 flight path that they've had the last couple of years, uh, they're going to really. Uh, it's it's almost we have too many players with star potential in the secondary uh, to really get them all on the field. But that's four right there. I feel really really good about, uh, and so they'll. I think uh, I think they'll be fun to watch, and the, yeah. and they'll all be 
excuse me, they'll all be draft eligible next year. Yeah, no, great. Well, I think, yeah, there's definitely a lineage to continue there and it won't be Casario's last pick. I think everybody kind of felt Evan Neal might be it. Um, we went with Stingley, but certainly made up for it in the later rounds um, to get some of the premier talent in the SEC. But Dave Osnett from the Alabama Football Podcast, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate the insight and uh, great to uh, great to get a bit more of a handle on these guys that are hopefully going to turn into stars um, in Houston for us. Um, we certainly need some. They're not going to have much help. Uh, but they've had you. You probably can't get a better grounding for these guys to to come in and uh, and 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 have a footing uh, to to work out how it's going to be pros because they'll have some help, but it's going to be a lot on them. Those guys, but it looks sounds like the description, the talent, and the individuals themselves are are, are halfway there already. So, Dave, thanks very much for your time and thanks very much for joining us. Oh, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for having me. It's always fun talking ball, and I appreciate you having me on. Oh, excellent. Thanks, Dave, and uh, keep an eye out for the Texans this year, and hopefully we'll, we'll, you know, they'll make you guys proud of, as, for their alma mater. But thanks again for Dave for his time. Uh, thanks again for everybody who joined us this week. Still diving into these college prospects. We'll continue doing it the next couple of weeks until we get that bit closer to training camp. So thanks again. We'll speak to you again next week. Bye.